0: Good evening and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. I'm Pastor Ruth Gardner. We are back after a long and much needed vacation rest. We are back and we are ready to start back getting into our grind with the ministry and studying the word and and just uh, doing the work of the Lord. So we're going to go ahead and get started on tonight. We're going to have Pastor John open us up in prayer. And we'll take it from there. Amen.
1: Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, God, for just first off, just for being God, for yes. being the creator of everything, God for for creating us, for God for making us who we are, God, and creating us in Your image. Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together one more time, God, to learn of You, to teach of uh, to speak about you and to speak highly of you and to learn your word God and God we pray God that you would just download fresh wisdom and knowledge into us as we go throughout this service on today God speak to the teacher God that that she will gain fresh wisdom and be able to impart it unto us and God we just thank you for everything that you're doing in this ministry God and for moving us forward and God we thank you and we just forever give your name the praise the glory and the honor in Jesus name we pray amen
0: Amen. Amen. So we are in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5. And last lesson that we had, we were talking about um, chapter 4, 2nd Corinthians, which pretty much um, gave us that scripture about our light of fiction and um, that, you know, the things that we're going through now cannot be compared to what with the glory that we revealed. They like pretty much that, you know, um, we're pressed down and we're we're shaken on every side and pressed down and um, cast down but not destroyed, persecuted, you know, not forsaken. All those different scriptures and and mentions of going through were discussed in chapter four. So now in chapter five. We're going to move on into the next thing that Paul shifts in the message as he talks about how we we are afflicted and how we go through and how we handle certain things. But um, hold on, let me
2: trying to log in. Oh, my goodness gracious, now what? that it? Here we go. All right. So I'm trying to pull up my Bible here. Hmm, that's interesting. It's on the same percent. That's interesting. Okay, here we go. So we're on 2 Corinthians
0: chapter 5. And so we're going to go ahead and start the reading. And then we're going to go ahead and break down and discuss it a little bit. We may stop it from from time to time. Just to talk about a little bit what Paul is saying. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to be listening to the NIV version. Okay, and let us start.
2: Corinthians chapter
3: 5. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, We are away from the lord for we live by faith not by sight we are confident i say and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the lord so we make it our goal to please him whether we are at home in the body or away from it for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things done while in the body whether good or bad
0: Amen. So we're going to pause it right there. So Paul is talking about our earthly house, this tabernacle. I want you all to talk to me now. So what is Paul referring to about this earthly house?
2: What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Somebody ask me. I'm answering. Them. I yes, I'm posing a
0: question. I want somebody to answer. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> are you trying to get at the fact that the that the earthly house is us? We are like 1 Corinthians 3, 16, uh, 17 says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells within thee. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. We, we are, are cons-
0: us. right. We are considered like mobile tabernacles. Correct. Right. And this house, and now we have a building of God, a house that not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So is he literally talking about a home or what, what do you think he's talking about in this aspect? So he calls us earthly houses. So what is he saying is
2: having a heavenly house? Hmm. hmm Is Joya
0: Joya still, uh, is she still unable to comment? So we have this earthly house, like you said. What is the earthly house? Pastor John, you said it was what?
1: Our bodies. Our
0: bodies. Okay. Our earthly bodies. So what is the heavenly house then?
1: So it does say clothed in our heavenly house. So I would say that this is gonna refer to the book of Revelations, where it says that we're gonna have a new body.
0: Amen, very good. Our incorruptible heavenly bodies. Very good, Joya, yes. Joya's chatting. (laughs) I
1: was trying to find find exactly where it was written because I wanted to see how it was worded before I made a comment.
2: Yes. So
0: so Paul already is telling us that, you know, we we have these earthly bodies and and we have another body, our, our incorruptible bodies that that God has prepared for us. That once we take once we leave this earth, we will be clothed in our house, which is from heaven. So we groan, we groan. If, if so, be that being clothed, we should not be found naked. So. For that, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we will be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So, we're sitting here groaning and moaning. Our bodies, we die daily. This flesh decays daily. And you know, there's so much on this earthly body and this earthly house, so many things that go on that we groan and we long for that opportunity to um to be changed the opportunity to uh change our garments amen um amen. so we we want this this change we we, we groan for it we we look for it we we we, we, we anticipate it and and sometimes, our bodies uh, grown for it. We have this longing, this long, passionate longing to be caught up with the Lord. Um, you know, and we go down, and we read where it says, um, verse number eight, we are confident, I say, and willingly rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. They say that a lot. And a lot of different when they talk when they say scriptures at furls, you know. But even so, let us go back to uh, uh let's see. So now verse number five. Now he have brought us for the same self-thing is God, who also have given unto us the earnest of the spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So right now, we we're always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. okay? We're not we're we're in we're home in the body. Okay, we're in this earthly vessel. So we're not, we're, we're absent from the Lord. That means we're not there with Him side by side. That's what it means in this text. So for we walk by faith and not by sight. So we believe that even though we're not present with God and we're in this body and we're out of God's presence, we still are confident to say, that whilst we are home in the body, we're absent for the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight, because our walk has shifted from this world. We're like strangers and pilgrims traveling through. So even though we're in this earthly tabernacle no, we're in this earthly body, we're here in this world, we know that there's another body that God has prepared for us. And so while we are yet here, we are absent from God, not in presence in his presence but we walk by faith knowing that's why he says in verse eight we are confident i say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the lord
2: can you I I say something? something
1: yeah can i interject something so this is talking about the body and talking about the natural body and then the spiritual body right yes and talking about being absent from the lord what is it that can separate you from god Nothing. Sin, and we're born in sin and iniquity. So within this flesh, we are separated. We can't see uh, see him We can't necessarily physically walk with them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why so, we're, we're corruptible so right now. Go ahead, go
1: that's, ahead. That's why we are corruptible. That, uh, so in the very garden, when Adam and Eve sinned and took on sin into this world and into the body, which passed on throughout the entire it's entire lineage into us today that's caused a separation that should have never been now we have by faith we are um through jesus christ we are redeemed of our sins but that redemption that true redemption where we are in our incorruptible body won't be until we make it into heaven and then we will be back to the place that we were supposed to have been where we can walk side by side with God.
2: right Very good. Very good. So, moving on to what else he was saying in this
0: particular section, he says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done
2: whether it be good or bad. So while we are here, we make it our goal. We make it our goal to please him.
0: That's why we walk by faith. We rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That is that groaning. That is our longing. That is is what we are hoping. That is that blessed hope Okay, that we will one day be reconnected, be reunited with Christ and we will see him for what he for who he truly is. We will see him face to face. We shall meet him in heaven. So right now we're here on this earth and we know that, you know, there's things that we need to do. So that's why we have the confidence in knowing that because of our faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. We're not believing the things that we see, but we're believing what what the word of God says. We're holding on to faith and we're believing God that he's coming back, that he's coming for us and that we are in right standing with him, that he died for us. and, And because of his death, we are now in right standing with God and that now we are going to see God. So we're walking by faith. We're believing and trusting that we will see him so we wait with great anticipation that's where the groaning and the longing comes in we want to like hurry up jesus come on so but in the meantime we still labor we still walk and we still do according to the scriptures we still do according to the word of god what god requires of us so that's why You know, he talks in verse number nine and 10 that we're going to appear before God and we're going to give an account of what we've done here on this earth, whether it be good or bad. So judgment is coming to us all. Amen. So let's go on and see what else um, he says. Anybody have any questions or anything before I go on? Comments, anything else? Pastor John, you want to add?
2: No.
0: Okay. All right. So we're going to go ahead on, on verse number 11. Praise the Lord. Sister Charmaine. We're on second Corinthians chapter five and we're starting on verse number 11. We just went through one through five, um, one through nine. No, sorry. One through 10. We discussed, so now we're going on to the second half of the ministry of reconciliation. And this is verse number 11.
3: Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. For if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again.
2: Okay. So. So Paul is saying in this particular, in this
0: area, in this discussion, this uh, scriptures, he's saying that, you know, so then we know what it is to fear the Lord, because we know that at the end, when it's all said and done, whether we do good or bad, whatever we've done in this body here on this earth, we will give an account for. So we, so we know what it is. We understand what it is to fear the Lord. Um, so we try to persuade others because see, we know. That at the end, when it's all said and done, we are going to be judged. God is going to judge us all for whether our good deeds as well as our bad. So now we are here trying to persuade you. Okay. What we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again. We're not trying to commend ourselves. We already know who we are. We're not trying to prove to you who we are we already did that we already went through that already i'm not trying to sit here and try to defend who i am give you my remember he was there were asking for documentation and and, and record letters of recommendation and credentials he said i'm not trying to do all that now we all know who i am okay i'm not trying to convince myself to you but i'm giving you an opportunity to take pride in us So that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what it is in the heart. So we're trying to persuade you to understand where we're coming from, what our viewpoint is as far as our walk with the Lord. And that because of that, because you see our track record, you see what we've done. You see how we live. You see how this, our life and what we presented to you caused you to see Christ in the first place. So we hoping that, you know, pride, that you take pride in us, that you that you understand and that you would um let me see if I can find another word for that. Where is that? Where's that scripture trying to commend? Da, 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 da. Where is it? That's verse number 12. So King James 12 says, For we commend not ourselves again to you, but give you occasion. To glory on our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer to them with glory in appearance and not in heart. So we, we're coming to you so that you can understand in your conscience that what we're doing and how we're living is right, is holy, is commendable. It's an occasion to glorify God because you see God in us. Am I making sense? Are you, are, you, are you catching on? Somebody say something. Amen. Okay. So, so so he's saying we're trying to show you that through our walk and through our lifestyle, because of what we presented to you, how we came to you, how we ministered the word of reconciliation, how we ministered about God, how we taught you the things of God, that you would be able to give glory, not to us, but to God concerning this, so that when people, so so when people come to you. Okay, You may have somewhat to answer them with glory and appearance and not in heart. So those so you'll be able to take
2: so you'll be able to tell the fake from the real. Pretty much. Because here's the
0: thing. what we do here, God only knows our motives of our hearts. God knows the motives of our hearts and everything that we do here on this earth. God is going to judge. Now he could He knows whether we were doing it from a place of sincerity and he knows also if we're doing it from a place to be seen. And what Paul is saying to the Corinthians is that I'm hoping that you guys will see and understand that where we're coming from, we're coming from the sincerity of heart. We're coming because of our love for you and our genuine care for you. Because remember, we had all those other super, Apostles coming through saying stuff because they spoke eloquent, eloquent words and that they were winning some of those people over to the point where they were starting not to follow Paul and not to believe Paul. So Paul was coming up against those um, super apostles at this point. So he's saying, I'm hoping that what I'm showing you, what I'm instilling in you will give you the discernment to know what is real and what is fake. Because then you'll know whether or not they're doing it to glory for themselves
2: or they're doing it to glorify God. Amen? Amen. Okay.
0: So then he goes on to say, all right, so we're trying to win ourselves. We take pride in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live shall no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So he went on to say, so if we're talking, and if they're saying we're 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 off, we're out of our mind, yeah, it's because it's for God, because God takes the foolish things to confound the wise remember that scripture mm-hmm. so it may not make sense to them it may not make sense to those super apostles or those that are out here who do not have the heart of God who are not really walking in the true light of God so what we're saying may not make sense to them and so he says so we talking and they say we're not making sense that we're out of our minds and yeah it is for God but but if we're in our right mind then it's it's for you OK, so if 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 you don't understand the things of God, once again, you say I'm out of my mind. But if you understand the things of God, then you say I'm in my right mind because you understand. So God is giving you the revelation of understanding what we're talking about. So it doesn't. So it's not crazy. It makes sense to you. But if it doesn't make sense to you, then it's has gone. Am I making sense? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, let me see how I can put it a different way. So if it's crazy to you, it's because you're not walking with God. But if it but if it, but if you're saying I'm in my right mind, it makes sense then you are walking with God. But if I'm saying it and you're getting like I don't get it. He's talking crazy. Then you're not where I am. But if you understand it and you say, okay, he's in his right mind, he's not crazy, he's making sense, then you're where I am. Okay? For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. He died for all. And so we all died. Because of his death, we died. He died for our sins. And because he died for our sins, then we all died. Because he, his, his death paid the penalty for our sin because the wages of sin is death. So his death paid because, because he died for all, therefore all died. Everybody who believes in his death, everybody believes that this is what Christ did at cross at Calvary. Therefore you died as well. And he died for all that those who live shall no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, and was raised again. So because of that, because of that, his death, we don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for him. We have surrendered our lives to Christ. We have said yes. And now we are walking in fellowship with the Lord. So our lives, everything about us has been. Submitted and given unto Christ. He died for us, okay? And because he died for our sins, we all died. So we're no longer uh, held by the sin. We're no longer judged by that sin because Christ died for us. And because he did that, so we come up now with this new life. We're not with that sin. We're not living under that law, we're not living in that place of sin because Christ died for us, and when He died, we died. And now He read He 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 raised up, and so now we're living for Him. So we died to the things of this world, and now we're living for Him. Okay. Any questions so far? Am I confusing anybody? Anybody has any interjections or want to add to or? you're getting it, just give me a thumbs up in the chat room or something. Just let me know uh, I'm not losing anybody. I don't want to lose anybody. I want to make sure that you understand what's happening, what Paul is saying, because it is kind of tricky in this particular point right here. So I want to make sure that we're clear and everybody understands what has happened. Okay. Thumbs up and joy. Okay. Thank you, Joy. Amen. 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 All right, Francis. Thank you. Thumbs up. All right. We all on the same page. I want to make sure I'm not losing anybody. Okay, so let's go further on. Let's finish up what the rest of the scripture is saying. So now we're going to finish reading from, I think it's 16. Okay, here we go. Oh,
3: there we go. There we go. <laughs> so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Two. That sums it all right there. That last part. Kind of explains it. It wraps it up. So now, because we are saved and we are walking in the light and we are walking with the Lord,
2: we do not regard, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. What does that mean? We walk in the spirit
0: everything, we we live a spirit filled life. We live a spirit, a spiritual life. What we see, what we believe, how we walk is
2: spiritual. No longer carnal, no longer things of this world. It's all spirit.
0: Our walk is spiritual. Our life is spiritual so we don't take on a worldly point of view that's why we can't talk to somebody who's not saved about the things of the spirit because they will not understand you cannot go to somebody who's not saved and talk about the holy ghost talk about spirits and demons talk about you know things that are of the spirit because they will not understand because our point of view now is different you know just to talk just just tap on a little bit about the alphabet community we don't that's a good example that's their point of view that it's okay that is acceptable and that is just it's it's their truth but on a spiritual point of view we know that it's sin it is against the laws of god
2: so we no longer Guard anyone from a worldly point of view. Am I making sense? That's one example. Uh, what's another example of seeing something
0: that has a Okay, pro-life abortions. The world says it's okay. Well, now they got a ban on it. But but but, but the fight is, is that women feel they have the right you know, it was my body, this, that, and the other. And that is an area of debate. There are certain situations where people feel that it's, it's, it is liable, then there's certain situations where people just, they just don't want to, you know, they just want to get an abortion because they don't want the child. But that's murder. But, but the world point of view don't see it as such. They see it as, you know, I have that right. If I don't if I want to terminate my pregnancy. No, no medical issues, no risk of death or, 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 or of of anyone dying, the, the, the baby being in danger or the mother being in danger or, or any type of any type of medical issues. Everything is good. Both parties are healthy. No signs of any type of abnormalities whatsoever,
4: but they just won't don't want the child. To drive your point home when you said about you know, um, using that same example that you were just giving, to drive that point home about the world not understanding, if you tell them that abortion and all of these abortions are likened to child sacrifices and that is ushering in a spirit of Molech or Molech, right. the god of child sacrifice, and you start going into the, the the demonic aspect, aspect, yeah, aspects of what abortion actually is. No, they won't understand that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they won't. Nope, they won't. So that's, that's
0: why that is yeah. That that's 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 the worldly point of view. So we no longer we don't we don't live on that level. We we don't walk on that level because it's all spiritual. Everything's connected. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't go by what we see. We go by what we know, our faith and what the spirit of the Holy Spirit is telling us, what the word of God tells us, because we live for him now. Because we believed, we accepted God. It's The, the scripture, the heading for this particular section is called the ministry of reconciliation. We are reconciled back unto God because he died for us. And when he died, we died. We died to the things of this world. We died to the sins of this world. So now we have been resurrected in the spirit to walk with God in the spirit, with the Holy Spirit. So these things, these issues that are going on in the world, we don't don't condone it because spiritually, it's not right. Spiritually, it's, it's wrong. It's against the word of God. It's against what we believe. So with that being said, you know, um, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Even Christ. Christ at one point was, you know, human, but now he's no longer. He's God. He's in his deity now. So we don't regard that. We don't regard that Christ in that way, he's he was man, but now, but God, but Jesus is Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Son of God. At one point, they say he was a man. He was he walked on this earth. He was flesh, but he took off flesh and took on his. <laughs> that was my watch telling me it was already off. <laughs> Not because he. Uh, yeah, all right, all right, Siri. whatever you say. But mm-hmm. Jesus, <laughs> that threw me off. Jesus took off his flesh and took on the incorruptible. He went through the process that we we're waiting with great expectation to happen. Jesus done it. So now he's he's up there, he's, he's good. So that's why they don't reg- regard him the same way as what he's saying in this part, that they don't regard him in this way. We do so no
2: longer. We did regard him in this way, but not any longer. Okay. Then it
0: goes on to say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. So we know that according to King James Version, it says... Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given unto them Nope, and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. To it, that God was in Christ
2: reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing
0: their trespasses unto them and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we know that if we're in Christ, we are a new creature, just like Christ. He was a new creature. So, God was in Christ reconciling the word, world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. So, God came down and was reconciling the word to, world to himself. He was coming down, showing us a better way. What does reconcile? Rec- who can tell me what reconciliation means? You know, I'm going to ask you that, right?
2: What does reconciliation means? Who can tell me reconciliation? What does reconciliation means? What does it mean to be reconciled?
4: Hmm. to be reunited reunited, reunited. okay reconnect okay. come on the,
2: definition,
0: come on, the, defi- on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dictionary I- definition <laughs>
0: okay go ahead
1: is the restoration of friendly relations
0: mm-hmm. the restoration so he was reconciling the world back unto himself He was bringing us back to the place of of the garden of Eden. He was reconciling us back to our place with him. But Adam, when he sinned, he caused that disconnect. So Jesus came to reconcile us. So God came down in the flesh and reconciled the world back unto himself, not imputing. Imputing means to, to,
2: um, what does imputing means, Pastor John? I know you get your little dictionary out. What it means to impute, imputing.
0: I-M-P-U-T-E.
1: Q-U.
2: I-M-P-U-T-E, impute. to represent
1: something, especially something undesirable as being done, caused, or possessed
2: by someone. And this is attribute. Okay, trying to see what, I'm trying to find it. Okay, impute. Okay, yeah, represents something,
0: especially something especially undesirable. Someone. I see it as being done, caused or possessed by someone attribute. So when you impute something, it's like it's kind of like you're forcing someone to do it, like you're assigning a scribe, or you 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 you're you're like
2: pushing it on to somebody. So
0: he's not imputing their trespasses upon them. Okay. He's, he came to the world to reconcile us back, but he did not impute like pushing it or, 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 what can I, how can I say it? He didn't like throw their, throw their uh, sins in their face. He came to reconcile us, not saying, you know, he didn't do it in such a way like, ah, like, okay, for instance, he didn't do it in such a way like, ah, oh, you're going to hell, all oh, y'all are damned to hell, Um, you better follow Christ, you know, you better get your lives together, or you're gonna, you're gonna die and wake up in hell, and, and, you know, fire, fire and brimstone. that's imputing your trespasses upon him, like, he reconciled us, not by throwing our sins up in our faces, okay, He didn't do that. He just came down and he just committed to the reconciliation, redeeming us back unto him, showing us a better way, showing us love, healing the sick, you know, raising the dead, performing miracles, showing about love, showing compassion to the people, meeting the needs of the people, that's how he reconciled himself back to us through through Jesus Christ. That's what God did. He didn't come down here with a hammer saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you're going to hell if you don't get your right yourself together. Now he talked to the, to the Pharisees and Sadducees like that because, because they were hypocritical. But for the people, for the lost souls, for the lost sheep, he did not come in that manner. He didn't come like you know, forcing anyone to take on Christ or come back and be redeemed to reconcile back with Him. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, he came. He came back for a relationship, right? He That's, didn't come. Oh, uh, he he came back for a relationship. Yes. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the relationship. The relationship was severed. With mm-hmm. Adam, you saw how he God walked with Adam in the cool of the day, and so God wants that back. Yes. So He wrapped himself in flesh and said, "I want to come down to be to walk among you again, right. and to to have more opportunities where you can walk with me in the spirit." Come on, come on. And the only way to to that is through, and the only way to get to that is through Jesus Christ. Once you start developing your relationship and actually put an effort to, and not even worry about all the other stuff, but just forming a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. He'll take through realms of the spirit that, you know, and you'll have experiences where you will be walking. He will translate you and all that, all the other deep stuff that people who don't call a witchcraft and all that stuff. But it's not, if you're in a relationship with God, he will, and he actually knows your name and, and you spend time with them, that relationship, he, he wants that back mm-hmm. that's the simplest way to put it he just wants relationship yep How I look at it he just want he just wants his relationship with us right that, I ain't mean to cut you off but that's that's just yeah that's putting
0: it in a nutshell so he didn't come down here trying to force anybody to do anything he was just he just wanted that relationship he just wanted the fellowship back he wanted his love back he wanted he wanted his children back just like a, a, an adult, like someone who wants their child back. You know, yeah, they get on your nerves. I mean, Israel got on God's nerves so many times. You know what I'm saying? They get on his nerves, but he still loved them. So he said, you know, instead of me coming down hard, let me try this way. Let me try through just love and showing them compassion and show, you know, I just want to, re- I want to relate to you. I want to talk with you. I want to, like you said, walk with you the cool day. I want to I want to reconcile. I want to be brought back in relationship with you. And that's what he did. Okay? And because of that, because it was successful, because we've been reconciled, okay? Now here we go. We've been reconciled. It was successful. We have been reconciled back to Christ. We have been reconciled back to God. And now we're walking in newness We're new creatures in Christ. We're new creatures now. Now then we are, verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So now we are ambassadors because it worked for us. We've been reconciled. So now we're telling you, be reconciled to God because that's what he, that's, that's the commandment that he gave gave us to go out into the hedges and highways and compel men to come. That's what compelling men to come is telling them to be telling them about the good news of Jesus and telling them to be reconciled back to God. Because your faith in Jesus frees you from the penalty of sin. For he had made him, he had made him, who? Jesus
2: to be sin for who? For us. He knew no sin.
0: Not that he didn't know sin, but he wasn't acquainted with sin. He didn't, he knew no sin in terms of, He never sinned. He knew sin. He knew what sin was. That's why he made him to be sin. He made him to be sin. But even though he didn't know sin, he never ever experienced or ever moved or walked or acted in sin. I'm talking about Jesus because the Bible says he was sinless, right? The Bible talks about him being sinless, spotless. He knew no sin. He never sinned. You know, he didn't commit sin. He knew what sin was, but God made him to be sin. He made him sin, not made him to verbally sin, but he made him a noun. He made him our sins. He made him dirty, filthy. He made him that thing that we were deemed to hell for. He made the sin. He made him to be sin, not to to commit sin because he knew no sin. He didn't know anything. He didn't know how to. I mean, let me put it this way. He knew how to, but he never experienced it. He never acted upon sin. He never committed sin. He knew it, but God made him sin. So I'm trying to make sure that you understand what this, this particular scripture is saying. So, God made him to be sin, like he became sin. He became the vile, the, 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 the just vile of the earth. He became that, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. That's why when he was on the cross, he cried out, Eli, Eli, Shabbat and I. Why, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Because God couldn't look on him anymore because he made him sin. When God looked down at Jesus on the cross, he saw sin. He didn't see his son anymore. He saw sin. And he did that, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. If Christ didn't take on sin, none of, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have this blessed assurance of reigning with him. We wouldn't have this promise
2: of eternal life if Christ didn't do what he did on the cross at Calvary. Amen? Amen. So chapter
0: five, in a nutshell, is basically... Um, Paul is doing a, another uh altar call for the people here at uh Corinth because, yes, we go through all these different things in our bodies. Remember, chapter four, we we, we were persecuted. We were perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing in about the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also in Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. You know, so we go through things for the sake of Christ. He was persecuted. He was whipped all night long. We went, we go through, we're going to go through, we're going to suffer suffer persecution persecution (laughs) if I get my words right we're gonna suffer persecution because of the fact that we named the name of Christ you know and so we're gonna go through but the most hopeful and promising thing is in chapter four was verse 17 for our light afflictions which is just for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look at the things which are seen, but not of the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So he ends it up with that. And then he goes right into verse five. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we are building. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. So he's letting us know that even though our bodies are being afflicted, even though we're being whipped and martyred and and persecuted for our beliefs, we know that after it's all said and done, there is another body not made by hands or a house that's not made, made by hands that we will move into. So yes, we go through these things for you. Because we're trying to to tell you that once you come on the Lord's side, you have a written guarantee, written in heaven, that you will reign with
2: Christ when it's all said and done. We know that we're gonna go through. We know that we're gonna be persecuted. We know this. But the thing
0: that Gives us hope is the fact that we are in Christ, and because we are in Christ, we have
2: the hope of glory, we have a guarantee
0: of eternal life as long as we continue to walk with the Lord, continue to follow His statutes, continue to do. All that he's required for us to do to live a holy life to the best of your ability. No, you know, we're not perfect, but we seek perfection every day. We strive for perfection. That's maturity. That's to get stronger in the things of God, to trust in the word of God, to trust God. We strive daily. To trust in the Lord, not to not to uh, come to our own conclusions. Proverbs, what was it? Proverbs 3, 5, 4, and five. Trust in the Lord with all in thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord, and lean not to your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out. Trust God. What does the word say about it? What did the, what was the promises of God? God said in Romans, Acts, Acts. For the promises unto you and unto your children's and your children's children, as many as the Lord God may call. Let me make sure I set that scripture right, because that was my scripture. That's my scripture that gives me hope. That's
2: my scripture that I hold on. Mm -hmm. Let me find that scripture real quick and read it in your hearing. Acts 2 and
0: 39, for the promises unto you and to your children, right? And all that are, are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall
2: call. That promises to you and your children. promise God. Hallelujah. So, yeah,
0: I'm done. Anybody got any questions, any comments, anything they want to say? I hope this was a blessing. I hope that you are encouraged to know that this light affliction is only for a moment. We go through, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We, 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 we get hard pressed, but God is our answer. Remember that song, Joy? Jesus is the answer for the world today. <laughs> oh, that was that was. That was a song right there. That was a hit. Yeah. Go ahead, Joy. Sing a few bars for me. Come on, girl. I
4: don't even know that
0: song. <laughs> you don't... All right. Shami, you know that song, right? It's an old, old Bible Sunday school. Y'all sang that song. Little kids. Jesus is the answer. For might be a
1: world today,
0: above, I remember there's no the It might be a little too old for them. <laughs> yes, I remember. Tell me, remember yes, me? I remember that phone. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. It's like uh, vacation Bible school. Style. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is the answer
4: for the You remember the little, it was like on those little tapes. Remember those little cassette tapes?
0: Yeah. It was on like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the other one, Jesus loved the little children, all oh, the children of the world. It
2: was like a little CD or I, something like that.
0: I don't know the other one. But you know that one. B yeah. yellow, yellow, red, black, or white, you are precious in. It's like, Jesus loved the little children. Yeah. When I see that one, I don't know. It was
3: like a little uh, CD
0: or something. Yeah, little CD. <laughs> Listen, I started with these two. I times. remember that. Yeah, young age. It was was so funny. I was so I did
4: know that song. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. I, Joya must have been real young.
0: Her uh-huh, Joy probably still too little to understand. But yeah, all them little CDs and, and videos. And remember, Veggie Tales? Joya watched Veggie Tales all the time. Yeah,
4: I know Jesus loved little children, but I don't know that Jesus is the answer.
2: <laughs>
0: didn't,
1: they have, didn't they play that in a commercial?
4: Jesus
0: is the, the answer. I think they might have, but that, was, was, that a commercial. was Yeah, there was a whole bunch of little kitty songs we used to sing, and Father Abraham had many sons. All them. But yes, Jesus is the answer. So um,
2: so we're going to go ahead and close. Go ahead, Joy. It closes out in prayer, please, dear.
4: Thank you, Lord, for tonight, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for allowing us to come together once again to learn and study of your word. Father, we thank you for even for what you're doing in our lives individually and collectively in the church body. Yes. yes. Father, I thank you for reconciling us. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ to die for us so that we might be reconciled to you so that we may have a relationship with you and that we may come boldly to the throne of grace to pray and and seek your face and get to know you on a personal Mm -hmm. level. Father, we thank you for that access We thank you for that access. We love you. We appreciate you. And Father, we ask that you would continue to speak to us, Father. Continue to speak to us through visions, through dreams. Father, we thank you because you are the only God here, the only God living. You are the only living God. You are the true living God. There is no other God like you. You are big G. No little G can come to you, can step to you, Father. You are the one true living God that hears, that sees, that feels, that speaks. Father, you are here. You are real and you are still speaking today. You are still speaking to us. You are still using us. You are still moving through us. You are still Mm -hmm. showing us, showing out in our lives. And we appreciate every bit of what you are doing. Father, forgive us for taking advantage of you. Father, forgive us for treating you like a genie sometimes. Father, forgive us Mm. for seeking and not your face. But Father, we thank you because you're bringing us into a deeper levels of intimacy with you. We thank you because you're beckoning us and reaching and calling us into the deep things of you. Father, we thank you because you're turning some situations around. Father, we thank you because you are turning around. You are moving on our behalf, even though it may not see it, even though we can't see it, we know you're working. Even though we may not feel it, Father, we know that you're moving. And so Father, we thank you, we love you. We ask that you would give us peace through the midnight hour. We ask, oh God, that you would drive out any spirit of chaos and and insomnia and, and uh, disorder and everything else that would not bring peace. Father, I ask that you would uh, uh, let your peace infiltrate our rooms and infiltrate our homes on tonight. Let angels stand guard around our homes on tonight and drive out anything that is not like you and block out anything that tries to get in that is not like you. Every demonic dream, every perverted dream, every violent dream, Father, we bind and rebuke every spirit spouse in the name of Jesus and let us rest in peace on tonight. And I give you name the praise the glory and the honor in Jesus' name,
0: amen. amen.
4: Amen.